Hello and welcome back to Pictorial on Relay FM. I'm Quinn Rose, and I didn't go to art school, but I still love to learn about art anyway. Hi, and I'm Betty. I also didn't go to art school, but I also love learning about art as well as design, which is going to be something we talk about today once again. I feel like we are in our most pure form recently where I'm talking about musicals and now you're talking about design. It's just like, this is what we live for. This is what these are we are in our elements yeah exactly and this one does have some parallels kind of coincidentally with what you were talking about in our last episode about musicals and like but like I didn't like they're they're total I think they're total coincidences because I didn't even know what you were talking about last time and you didn't know what I was planning to talk about us but yeah I think I think it's it's gonna be quite interesting to see what some of these connections are Well, I'm very excited to hear all about it. So take it away. Yeah, thank you. Uh, So yeah, like I mentioned, this is going to be kind of related to what we talked about last week, um, except slightly different, although it is musically related. I am going to be going through a brief history of concert poster designs. And so I'm going to be starting in the 1800s, and we're going to end up with concert poster designs today. This was a topic that came up when I was talking to some of the volunteers from the um, AGO, which we are actually currently planning to go back to into the actual uh, art gallery to volunteer again. And wow. yeah, so it's exciting. Yeah, I actually just found out like a few days ago. So hopefully it's going to start uh, at the start of 2022. Um, but I was talking to one of the gallery guides and she reminded us of a exhibition that was there before COVID, which was a, a show all about um, the golden age of magic in the 19th and 20th century. And in that show, there was a bunch of like art posters for these shows. And that topic kind of led led us on to talking about concert poster designs from back in the 19th century all the way up until now. So I am stealing that topic discussion that we had (laughs) when I talked to the other volunteers uh, to talk here on Pictorial about it. Wow, you love to see it. (laughs) Yeah, that it, it was actually it was a really fun show. And maybe maybe we'll do a Pictorial episode on that too, at some point. But yeah, today's topic uh, is concert posters. And the reason why I'm starting in the um, 1800s slash 19th century, more specifically the late 19th century, is this was kind of when concert posters, I guess, kind of became a thing. Um, So the reason is this printing method called lithography was invented in 1798. um, But initially, it was really expensive to to use, but it became more and more viable throughout the 1800s. And so eventually a lot of people started using them. And then it made mass production of posters much easier. And that's kind of why you started to see reproduced concert posters a lot later in the century. And the reason why lithography was a thing uh, was because um, it, so it's a printing method that uses uh, a flat stone or a metal plate to, it has a greasy substance that you put on it, which will attract ink. And where there isn't the substance, like ink 
isn't attracted to it. So then you're printing the image uh, with where the ink is. And the reason why this invention became really significant is because it's apparently possible to print a much wider range of uh, colors than before. Um, and it also made it easier to, to use. So that's why um, it it not only was used for mass production, it also just made colors a lot easier and a lot more vibrant when uh, when it shows up on the paper. Um, and so the first person to kind of pioneer a technique um, that was widely used is this, was this French painter and poster designer called uh, Jules Charest. Um, and I just put I put a link in the show notes uh, to give you an example of some of the designs he did. The So the example that I gave you is a poster that he did for this music hall called El Dorado in Paris, and it was done in 1894. And he pretty much kicked off this golden age of um, poster design and a lot of a lot of people who were designing uh, concert poster in this time ended up taking after his style as well so yeah what uh, do you think of this some of the earliest examples of um, musical advertisement this is very much the style of when you walk into the apartment of the cool art girl that you've met (laughs) and like she studied abroad somewhere in Europe for a year and like all of her clothes are thrifted and she wears like a cool denim jacket. (laughs) These are the kind of posters that are on her wall. I hope I'm painting a picture that makes sense to anyone but me. (laughs) It's just clearly like an older vintage poster in style. Um, This centerpiece is you have like a red orb (laughs) that's the best way to describe it and in front of it is this a little bit simplistic drawing of a woman like in full motion um who is dancing and playing the tambourine says el dorado in big letters above the woman in the orb um and then there's like musicians and clowns at the bottom and then information about the show on the bottom left and there's definitely like a very particular color palette to it as well. It's blues and the red of the circle is also the red of the text in the bottom left. And then there's kind of these yellow highlight colors throughout the woman on her dress and her hair. Um, But it's definitely like the whole thing is actually only done in a few colors. And so it creates definitely like a very aesthetically pleasing uh, image. And I can definitely see this be... Like, I'm only looking at the one poster right now, but I could definitely see this being part of a set where it's like, oh, it's posters for, like, all these different shows, but they all use, like, basically the same color palette and kind of fonts is what I'm visualizing in my head, and it would make a set if you wanted to collect them. Yeah, well, that's actually a really good observation about the colors, because most of the times these posters would have been printed in the colors you see on this poster, which is uh, which are red, yellow, and blue. And it's mostly because that those were the colors that were widely available w- with the printers who were who were doing these um, lithographic prints, and they so they're done in this way called registration, where one color is printed first, and then it goes through, and another color, and then the next one. So um, I'm going to show you another poster um, in a bit, which kind of follows that similar color scheme. Um, and yeah, I presume like a lot of the the letters um, would also be in a similar font because most likely the printers would have had like a certain set of patterns for fonts that they would have used um, to create similar posters. 
So the next example I have um, relates to what you mentioned last time, uh, which was about the play Moulin Rouge. Um, and so this is actually an example of the first poster that Henri de Toulouse-Lautrec designed um, back in 1891 for the dance hall Moulin Rouge. And um, it is also in a similar style, and he's using the technique uh, the techniques that Jules Charette uh, invented, which again is using these colors, red, yellow, and blue, um, and then printing it in these colors, um, but also like you'll notice it's similar to the other one where there is there's like a woman in the middle which represents you know the uh the dancers that was you know in the establishment that he was advertising for um but it also is like quite simple it just has the image of you know it has the image of the dancer and it has some people around it and it has the name of the show and the location and is like even though it probably doesn't seem very minimalist to us now it is a pretty simple way of conveying the message of you know what they were advertising for it's interesting to think of the mindset of a person who would just be seeing this as a as a contemporary to this poster and it's like well what what am I seeing in this poster? What is being advertised to me? And obviously I don't know, like the proper nouns that are on the poster don't mean anything to me besides Moulin Rouge as the venue. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, you have this, you have this dancing woman who is like clearly surrounded by men. They're just silhouettes, but you can tell by the hats that these are, these are men. And so it's like, okay, this is definitely painting even in a, a very simplistic way or like a very streamlined way of expressing that definitely painting quite a picture it's not like this woman is particularly scantily clad or anything but you know for the standards i think her hiking her leg up there to dance probably you know implied a lot that they wanted to imply yeah actually it's funny because uh, the Moulin Rouge was actually at the time known to be really scandalous and risque again by today's standards probably not but at the time yeah they had dancers that would have like hike up their skirts so you could see their underwear basically um and would dance in these provocative ways that apparently like the police would like visit the establishment every once in a while just to make sure they weren't being like too crazy so yeah there were there were about um 3000 copies uh, around 3000 copies of this particular poster that was printed and at the time it would have just been like posted all over paris and because like concert posters or at least uh when they made this poster at the time like they didn't think people would end up collecting it like the idea was just to advertise for the show that was going on at the time uh they're usually done on like really cheap flimsy paper um and and, and again because they're distributed outdoors most of them are lost there are like very few actual copies of this left uh obviously because of that this this became really iconic um but also I did read that um, apparently this style that he was designing in was actually inspired by Japanese prints, and which was really popular in Paris at the time. And uh, there were also other artists who were inspired by Japanese art as well. So that's an interesting connection, I thought. Oh, that is very cool. Yeah, kind of moving forward to um, the early... 
19th century. Um, the next uh, example I have is a example of a Art Nouveau poster. Um, now, Art Nouveau was a movement that was, wasn't was just, uh, you know, in concert posters. It was art and design movement that was a part of, like, um, architecture, applied art, like decorative arts, but also visual arts. And um, it's like if you've ever seen imagery that looks like um, like really exaggerated curved flowers and plants, basically lots of swirls. Um, that's probably Art Nouveau. <laughs> One uh, artist that was known for designing posters uh, or designing Art Nouveau style posters was this Czech painter called uh, Alphonse Muha. And the particular example I gave you um, is an example of a poster he did for a violinist. Um, and so would you like to describe what you see on the screen now? Yeah, this is definitely a lot different from the first two that we looked at, both in terms of style and in color. So at this point, we have uh, a drawing that's much more detailed of a woman who is a cellist. Um, she's holding her cello and is leafing through sheet music. And then that's taking up about half of the poster. And then the bottom half of the poster is devoted to her name. Um, and then it says the greatest bohemian uh, violin cellist, which is, you know, very nice. And then the colors, are, <laughs> like I said, are a lot different. It's very muted. Um, everything is, I would say, like quite similar in shade. It's kind of blues and yellows, definitely on a very narrow sliver of the color spectrum. And then we have these uh, little kind of decorative circles of flowery shapes um, that adorn the image of this woman as well. Yeah, um, I do. I'm not entirely sure if this picture I showed you is like, it might be a version of a faded one because I have seen pictures of other copies that are are a little bit more vibrant than mm. this one. But I do I do think in general it is like it's got that more like pastel-y look compared to the the posters that we were looking at uh, previously. So this one um, is kind of interesting, uh, has kind of an interesting story. Uh, apparently Alphonse Muha was, um, he was living in Chicago for a while and apparently also taught at the uh, Chicago Institute of Art. There he met this Czech uh, American person, and uh, he had a at the at the time he had a seven year old daughter who was a, a already really amazing at playing the violin. Uh, so Muha kind of uh, said, "Hey, if you ever become like you know a professional violinist, I can design your posters or your music posters for you." Um, and apparently, she took him up on that when she apparently became the greatest bohemian violin cellist at age 16. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know who gave her the title, but she must have been pretty good at it if she received the title from somebody. <laughs> so, so yeah, so in 1913, he designed this poster for a upcoming European tour that she was going to do in the fall of 1914. But unfortunately, she never actually went on this tour because World War One broke out shortly oh, after yeah. this poster was designed. Um, so this, yeah, this poster was never actually used, but there were a, a bunch that were already printed before they realized, you know, they had to cancel. Um, and I read that recently an original lithograph of this um, sold for 5000 US dollars. That's right, everybody. Hold on to your Katy Perry posters because you <laughs> never know. 
Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the thing that's really interesting because this was like this was a concert series that was never actual that never even happened, and the posters are worth a lot. Yeah. Who has posters from something that was supposed to happen but got canceled due to COVID? <laughs> hey. Yeah. So I'm going to skip ahead a little bit to the um, 1950s. The image that I'm going to show you um, is an example of this method called letterpress printing, uh, which apparently is just a process of pressing paper onto wood or metal relief that's covered in ink. Um, I'm sure it's got, there's more of the process than that, but from what I read, that is what it is. This was an example of a poster by a company called Hatch Show Print, uh, which is a company from Nashville, Tennessee, who started printing posters since 1879. Um, and originally, they weren't doing uh, music posters, but they eventually started to pick up like opera singers, and then eventually like rock and roll musicians such as Elvis. So this example um, that I just uh, put in the show notes um, is the reason this is Interesting is because this style of concert posters is actually called the um, boxing style poster. And the reason it's called the boxing style is because it's inspired by old boxing posters. This poster actually reminds me of some of the designs that we talked about in the campaign posters episode back in November 2020 because it has some similar design elements to what we commonly saw on those where first of all it's a red white and blue color scheme <laughs> yeah which is definitely very reminiscent of that um mostly red text mostly text as well there's one image in blue and white of Elvis playing a guitar and singing good for him um and then it's just a bunch of information about you know the the show and who's going to be there and what it is and blah 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 so it is it is a mostly text design as well there's a couple little red stars that are thrown in like they just realized there was too much white space and they're like oh, i better do something about that and you can definitely clearly see the influence in this boxing poster that you showed me which is a very similar kind of thing all red and blue text you have two little images of the the two boxers faces they also look so similar that's very funny <laughs> yeah bobby ruffin versus santa buca i guess big <laughs> boxer names wow and then yeah. it's all the other like names that are going to be on the billing all the information about when and where it is because like you, you have like a little images of the people there who are your headliners, but then mostly it's just text to give you the actual information because there is so much more detail in these posters versus like, here's a cellist that's coming to town, I guess, is like all of the information on some of these other posters versus like, now is listen, it's the 50s, things are happening, we have, things have times and dates now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is true. Like a, th a thing that I noticed too was the other the other posters were very... Uh, straight to the point and simple is like, they were also much prettier <laughs> yeah and and whereas like the boxing uh poster and this it's kind of it's kind of like loaded with information it's like if you just need to know everything about this show it's it's on the poster <laughs> so I, I did find out that apparently Hatch Show Print is a company that still is making posters today uh their posters um are are much prettier today I would say than um they are here although again like this these posters 
like because of their iconic like box boxing match style like a lot of them have also become collectible pieces because they kind of represent this time period of you know the boxing matches and concert posters that look like boxing matches i guess i always wonder with stuff like that where it's like were, did people at the time think that looked good because i feel like there's some stuff that happens and you could watch it happen where like there's a design style that's popular and clothes or decoration, whatever. And you're like, oh, that's pretty. And then time goes on and you're like, no, that never looked good, actually. Or like, it looks <laughs> bad to me now. And sometimes stuff happens and you, the first time you look at it, you're like, that's ugly as sin. <laughs> and I, I always wonder with like previous styles, what was, did people really like that? Or was it just, did a lot of people think it was very ugly? <laughs> and it's not, it's not that bad. It, but, you know, it's, I've seen worse things. But it's definitely not as beautiful as it could be. Yeah, well, I actually, I'm interested to know what you think of um, the next poster design, which is the one named uh, Globe Poster, Mr. Dynamite. So uh, Globe Poster is a company out of uh, Baltimore, Maryland, and they were actually the competitor, uh, or I guess a competitor to Hatch Show Print, um, and probably the most prominent competitor. Um, and uh, maybe there was some sort of like north-south north, rival or something um but um what do you think of the uh their their poster at a like around the same time okay this poster is way better <laughs> it's actually like it looks like it was actually designed um and not just you know <laughs> someone writing a bunch of things around a picture of elvis <laughs> yeah you've got this really cool illustration of james brown um you have really dynamic colors bright blues and reds that are and in the whole thing you know you have a black and white picture of james brown that with, uh, with kind of like almost like a black halo of color emanating from him with white streaks and then there's bright red surrounding that then you have a blue at the bottom with red lettering over it like it's just very bright and in your face and like oh someone who read a couple pages of design theory actually designed <laughs> this and it also <laughs> it's, it has way like the more like pertinent information that's like the fine print stuff is more condensed into the bottom versus most of the posts are devoted to actual like advertisements james brown mr dynamite a show for the whole family like it seems like it's actually trying to get you to come instead of just like it's elvis you go you want to come see elvis of course you do it's elvis <laughs> yeah it's exactly and again a lot of these posters were also you know stapled to telephone poles at the time um but they've also become highly collectible and not just with like collectors um apparently a lot of them are displayed at the rock and roll hall of fame and the um uh, also at the national museum Museum of African American History and Culture, uh, because they did represent a lot of uh, Black artists like James Brown and Aretha Franklin and apparently Tupac as well. One of the reasons, actually, they became uh, like really famous, and also as I mentioned, the importance of being stapled to uh, telephone poles uh, was because uh, they didn't invent this, but they 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 were one of the first ones to start utilizing this technology, uh, which is called Dayglow ink, uh, and that is the same ink or the same type of ink that you see on street signs, like stop signs or like like signs that you that you would your car lights would light up as you're driving past it. Um, so these posters would use that same type of ink. So at night, uh, they they would like basically glow and shine really brightly as you're as you're looking at them if there's a light on it that is so smart 
Yeah, exactly. So this particular poster, uh, the James Brown, Mr. Dynamite poster, uh, apparently uh, was named by Billboard as the 17th best rock poster of all time. We don't have time to go through 16 to number one, but it it is one of one of the best, apparently. (laughs) Well, there you go. I listen, I looked at it and I said it was good. Billboard said it was good. We're the same. (laughs) Yeah. So the next one I'm going to show you, uh, it's actually criminal that it's not on the uh, (laughs) list of best rock and roll posters of all time, because I think it should be. Uh, There was a guy by the name of Bill Graham, who was a concert promoter in San Francisco in the uh, mid to late 1960s. Um, And he managed this uh, theater in San Francisco uh, called the Fillmore Auditorium. Um, And he uh, kind of became the guy to promote and kind of launch the career of a a bunch of like really well-known bands or bands who eventually went on to become like really famous uh one of them is this band called the grateful dead um and he apparently managed never heard of him what Um, he apparently managed them um what what or he apparently held this show in 1966 that like was the best grateful dead show of all time apparently i again i've never gone to any of them so i wouldn't know um so not only did um the fillmore theater you know like promote these uh, bands they also were known for creating really interesting uh, posters especially of psychedelic rock bands so this next poster that um, I put in the show notes um, is uh, actually a poster that was designed by Bonnie McLean who was at the time Bill Graham's wife and she designed a lot of the posters um, over the period of time that the Fillmore was um uh, was in business. Um, so this one uh, is quite different from what we saw um, from the previous examples we saw. Uh, what do you notice is the difference? Yeah. So this is very 60s. It <laughs> yeah. looks like it is designed to be viewed while under the influence. <laughs> yeah. I don't love it. I got to be real <laughs> with you. Not a big okay. fan of 60s design styles um, overall. But yeah, mostly... So the colors are, I do, I think the colors are interesting. I think they're nice. It's like a green, like kind of a light green background. Um, And in the light green background, there's a large face taking up one portion of the poster. And then over like the center of it, there is this abstract orange blue kind of like feather design. If that, is that supposed to look like something that I'm not picking up on? Or is it just like a feather abstract design? <laughs> oh, um, I think it's supposed to be a peacock. Oh. So. This is like a Rorschach test. Okay. But <laughs> yeah. then the real kicker of this poster is that we've got this peacock allegedly um, kind of taking up the middle and the bottom right. And then this green face next to it taking up most of the top right. And then the rest of the poster is taken up with text but not normal text it's that style of text where the the words are in blue and the letters are drawn in a way they take up the rest of the space so they're all like flowy and squished together and you can you can read them but only if you really try (laughs) it's this is not a poster designed to be read quickly (laughs) yeah no you're absolutely right and i i did read that a 
apparently it was intentional for the words to be really difficult to read. And this poster actually isn't even the worst one. I saw some examples of ones where it was just absolutely impossible to read. Or may- maybe you really have to be under the influence to read it. I, I'm not sure. I didn't test it out. But um, so, but yeah, it's it's supposed to be like I guess the idea is if you can read it, then you're like in the in crowd or something. I don't know. But apparently, Bonnie McLean was actually inspired a lot by Art Nouveau designs, and that's I'm I'm assuming that's like where the swirls are are and also you know the the bird peacock design like <clears throat> that's supposed to be the Art Nouveau influence, um, but you know set in this psychedelic atmosphere. Um, but yeah, like I I think I can definitely see like you know the criticism is that as a poster presenting information it's not great because you you like have to be really up close and it takes a while to actually figure out who's playing um uh, but apparently it is a part of uh the museum of modern arts uh collection it definitely i can see how it is very representative of the time and i can see the design elements that go into it it's just not something that's to my taste <laughs> yeah yeah, no, um, that totally makes sense. And, you know, like, I'm not a huge psychedelic rock person either. So I if I saw a poster like this, I probably wouldn't. I'd be like, Oh, great. I'm sure someone else would really enjoy that show. I, yeah, I think that they're probably attracting the correct crowd. So that's great. Yeah, that's the thing. It's got a it's got a very specific uh, target audience. And speaking of specific target audience, I feel like the next one has an even more specific target audience. The next example of a poster is an example of a punk rock poster from the 1970s. Um, and so punk rock, you know, it's kind of known for, I guess, similar to psychedelic rock, but like in a different way, like it's quite like counterculture and the contents of a lot of punk rock music, as well as the way like a lot of these musicians presented themselves, like was meant to be very shocking. And I think that kind of <laughs> comes through in this poster, which I think I should warn that maybe it may seem offensive to certain people. I'm not really sure, but it it, it was a it was a thing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I felt adequately prepared to click on this image. <laughs> Sorry, I probably should have warned you before. No, it's okay. I just, just, you know, I feel like despite the different styles of, of the posters we've looked at so far, they all have been fairly straightforward. Uh, this is not straightforward. Um, it's a kind of, like, I struggle to call it graphic, but kind, I guess. Okay, I'll just describe it. <laughs> sure. It's def- and, and I will say it's definitely designed to be provocative. Um, and it's another thing, like you like you reference, it is to attract a certain kind of crowd and even to attract a certain kind of notoriety. So it's an illustration of a pineapple on a cross, uh, like a like a crucifixion. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a pineapple uh, who's got big eyes and a really big mouth, but also arms and legs uh, being crucified. So there's that, and then there's other people, humans, not pineapples humans being crucified in the background of this uh it doesn't look great uh it's also the colors are very interesting um there's the sky is purple and the land area is more yellow everything's in yellow brown and it's very dull and there's also an illustration of a man holding a spear which um 
I'm just looking at this for the first time, and I don't know the background of this band or if there's any context for this, but this definitely comes across as a very racist depiction. So I don't know about that. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, it's definitely um, like I, I. You're right. Like the, I think the idea is meant for it to be shocking. Um, and I don't actually know very much about this band either. It's um, uh, apparently it's a band called Psychedelic Pineapple, and this was designed by the artist uh, John Seabury. I think this particular imagery of the pineapple on a crucifix is also the cover of one of their albums if i'm not mistaken um and the the like this particular poster is in color um but the i i read that most of the posters uh that they would have put on the street would be a black and white version of this because you know that was just cheaper to print like so this is an example of a poster that uh, some people ended up taking off the street and saving them to be collected. Um, I'm assuming because they're fans of psych- a psychotic uh, pineapple, um, but maybe they also think it's just a really interesting design, even though it is quite like offensive, I would say. <laughs> I could only assume that they are hitting their target audience with this and or generating outrage response to it in a way that was probably quite helpful to them as well. Yeah, now that we've gone through, you know, the 1800s and most of the, um, you know, 1900s, um, we are we've come to the end of the uh, 20th century. And uh, the next example uh, is a poster uh, that was designed for this tour called the Spice World Tour by this uh, the this musical group called the Spice Girls. I presume you may have heard of them. <laughs> I here's the thing. I've just clicked on it. And saying that this poster was designed seems like a stretch. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I actually felt similarly when I saw this too, um, because this was one of the posters we were talking about um, with the gallery guides. And uh, bef- like before talking about those posters, we were talking about, oh, you know, what is a post concert poster meant to do? It's, you know, meant to advertise the 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 concert and it should have the name of the band and stuff on it but when i saw this i'm like i can barely read what that says (laughs) graphic design is my passion literally okay so the first it's a vertical poster the the top third of it are just five separate photos of the spice girls cut out in vertical strip why didn't why isn't it a group photo of them performing (laughs) Did they not have access to images of the Spice Girls for the poster? <laughs> anyway, whatever. The bottom two thirds, it's it says Spice Girls versus Wembley Stadium, and they're like big block letters, and the Union Jack flag is behind them. So it's you mostly can't see the Union Jack flag, but where the letters are, it shines through, so you can tell that it's behind them. And then there's just a bunch of text. Back in Britain, blah, 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 dates and times, all through the the bottom. It takes up, so, all this text takes up so much space. Who did this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do find it funny that like, yeah, the, because the Union Jack, a part of that flag is white, this text is also on a white background. Like that's one of the reasons why it like, I think it's difficult to read because a part of the text just blends into the background. Um, and plus, it's so busy because Union Jack is not a very simple flag. I mean, it's simpler than the American flag, but it just doesn't look very good as, you know, the background of blocky text. Yeah. Um, 
But I do love, and this is probably not the graphic designer's fault, but this is the fault of the people who came up with the uh, the, the title for this show. Um, so apparently these were advertising the two shows, two of the last stops of the Spice World Tour, which is that they came back to the UK to, uh, to perform their last few shows. Um, and so they called it Back in Britain, as in B-A-C-K-I-N, one word, apostrophe, Britain, uh, which is like, I think intentionally grammatically incorrect, I'm assuming. But and and I think maybe they were hoping the show would advertise itself uh, because um, apparently, like, I, I don't know if like the, the two uh, Britain uh, shows were the most popular, but like uh, it ended up having, you know, being completely sold out. And apparently the 1998 Spice World Tour is still the highest grossing tour ever by a female group. Maybe they were just like, these people are so popular, we don't need to design a great poster because... People will just show up anyway. <laughs> it, it's impossible to get people not to go to a Spice Girls concert in 1998. So I can see why they phoned it in. But yeah, wow. <laughs> the last example I have, I would like to get your opinion because, yeah, it does seem like, I mean, obviously there are good and bad examples of concert poster designs. Um, but, you know, we did just see one that was not the best. Speaking of uh, tours uh, that never ended up happening. Um, so the last example I have is the tour uh, called Map of the Soul by the that was supposed to be held by the uh, South Korean group BTS for 2020. Um, it was, I believe it was initially postponed to 2021. But then this year in August, they announced that they were just canceling this tour altogether because of COVID-19 concerns. And it just probably isn't happening for the foreseeable future or maybe ever. I don't know. But, um, you know, we still got a concert poster design. So what do you think of this 2020 musical poster design? Well, it's much better than the Spice Girls. <laughs> no, this is very pretty. Uh, you could. It's a very contemporary poster. And it's also quite simplistic um, in a way that I think works well. There are seven members of BTS, so I can imagine they have difficulty sometimes creating poster designs, but instead of doing what the Spice Girls did and just giving up, uh, they actually <laughs> made like a very nice poster design. And so it's all seven of them, it, and it's designed to make it look like they're basically standing on a lake. So they all have like very nicely uh, complementing colored outfits, um, and they're all standing like posed dramatically and looking at the viewer and then you have their distorted reflections in the lake all of the colors are purples and blues um which is quite pleasing and then they're just wearing basically simple white and dark blue outfits and then at the top it just says bts map of the soul tour and then this is my question is because there's only one location so was this a was this a poster for the soul stop or did they just, were they only planning on going to one place? <laughs> yeah. No, it was definitely a world tour. But I think this was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was supposed to be the first stop, maybe. Um, and maybe it was just the particular version that I found had this location on it. Or maybe it was canceled and they only had time to design the first poster. <laughs> I mean, it, it totally makes sense to have a poster for the one location to advertise at the location. It's just funny because the way that it's set up where it, it it's almost looks like in the, it's in the style of um 
movie crawl credits because it's very horizontal and there's a lot of space that you could put more rows but it's just the one row so it's almost like it's a fake out of having more <laughs> tour stops that's not supposed to which is what gave me pause on that but yeah it's it's very nice i i imagine that if i was in the army i'd be very thrilled by this poster because i think it's very well designed i don't know if it's like going to go down in history or anything except maybe <laughs> it's one of those canceled posters so maybe it actually is going to be very famous as you know one of the biggest if not the biggest band in the world's canceled covid poster so there you go yeah we've seen some posters you know with like that are quite busy with a lot of text and i think this kind of calls back to some of those original poster designs that we saw from uh you know Jules Charette and the ones, you know, from when lithography was first invented, because those, you know, were quite simple. And it just kind of had the, a picture of the performer and like, you know, a couple of words on it. Um, and, you know, this is even though this is, you know, modern, it's got photographs instead of drawings. Um, it kind of has that, you know, that simplicity it did once have. Everything is cyclical. And we may have much better cameras and the ability for more high quality graphics. But, you know, certain design elements such as how much freaking text do we want on this poster it's gonna go in cycles it looks like yeah so yeah that was um that was all my examples but yeah i'm sure um probably a lot of people have you know their own um favorite concert or theater or maybe even you know like theatrical performance posters so um yeah feel free to let us know uh what some of your favorites are all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Victoria, our first episode of 2022. Happy New Year. <laughs> you can find all of our show notes today at relay.fm slash pictorial. And you can also follow us on Twitter or Instagram at pictorial pod. You can also follow me on Instagram at aspiring robot FM. And you can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram at articulations V. I'm also on YouTube as articulations. And speaking of YouTube, we also have a YouTube channel pictorial podcast where we will upload video versions of our podcasts, usually a few weeks after the audio version has come out. Uh, so for this one, you'll get to look at all the concert posters as we talk about them. Thanks for listening, art enthusiasts.